get started. First Thessalonians chapter 1, if you will, this morning. And uh, again, I, I do appreciate everybody being here, and especially on a, on a kind of a cloudy day and a rainy day. And uh, we're glad that you're here. We're, we're glad the folks online are here. We have some folks that are not here just due to health issues and so forth. And, uh, and, and just for not being here for whatever reason. So um, I want to continue looking as we do here with 2024 and uh, the new year and everything and just kind of along the theme, really trying to conclude it up uh, next week in our State of the Assembly address. And uh, again, a- as we're doing here and really just kind of readjusting our thinking, uh, the theme of 2024, the underlining theme, if you will, is there's some things that Paul expects us to know and understand, and we'll be developing that uh, starting next uh, in February and so forth and following. There are things when Paul talks about, well, we, yesterday in the Men's Fellowship, Philippians 2, verse 8, even the end of that verse, it says, even unto the death of the cross. And that is a reference back to the spiritual battle and the spiritual warfare that the Lord goes through on Calvary. And Paul expects you to know that. And so we're going to look at things like that and so forth. But just for now, as we begin to think about the new year, 2024, and, and, and the things that are going to be coming our way uh, in, in, in the world out there, really, we, that you don't really control. Uh, it, it's a wonderful thing when you, when you understand our ambassadorship. We're ambassadors for Christ. But when you go and actually look at what an ambassador does... In, in the world, they go to a country and they don't go in and say, I'm an American, therefore those rules don't apply to me. Those laws don't apply to me. They go in and they live by the laws of the land that they work in and so forth. And you know what, you and I, are the, we're to do that the same way. That's what Romans 13 is all about. We go in, we, we don't assimilate into the culture because we are the culture of heaven, okay? But we, go, we do go in and we, we are good citizenry in that. Well, we don't control that, okay? That's who we are. That's our ambassadorship. So then when things do begin to fall apart around us, and if you think things were bad last year, just wait. It'll get worse, I'm sure, for you, okay? But when you do, what kind of thought process, what is my thinking about it? What, what am I looking at? So when we look at, and again, this morning, 2024, and this local ministry, my authority, my rule, my reign, if you will, or however you want to say it, is right here, okay? I don't call Chicago up, dad and them, and tell them how to do things at Shorewood. And I'm going to tell you what, nor should you. That's not your place. That's Shorewood's place. I don't call John in California and say, John, you need to be doing this. You're not doing No, that's my authority as pastor, as bishop, is right here. So as we look at the things that we need to be about, there are some things that we need to be reminded yearly. And that's usually what I take January to do is to remind us. And some of, and what we're going to look at this morning is this local ministry. In 1 Thessalonians, the Thessalonican church has always been called the perfect church. So if you want to have a perfect local church, you look at Thessalonica. Now, the wonderful thing about that is they weren't perfect because there's some things they're going to struggle with. But they are perfect in that their attitude, their thinking about things was appropriate. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, when we talk about our local assembly, 
our local ministry. There are some things that we are to be about. And there are things that when, when these things come up, you need to understand that you can come here and, and get what you need. And the first issue within a local assembly is that, that it needs to be a place that sounds out the truth. Okay? We can have parties. We can have Church is not a social club. It was never designed that way. It was never mandated that way. It was never developed that way anywhere in Scripture. In Israel, they had local, meet, local things. In, script, in, in, in Israel's history, the, the, the synagogue, the temple, all of that, that, none of that was social clubs. It was all designed for the communicating of truth. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God were to spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. Here they are. What were they doing? What was that local church at Thessalonica doing? They're sounding out the word. Macedonia and Achaia, they're out in the communities around the city. They just didn't stay home and say, okay, no, we're not going to go out there. If we do, you know, Rome's going to whack us. They didn't do that. They, they sounded out the word. What did they sound out? Look at verse 6. And ye became followers of who? Of us. You see, they understood something. They began to preach the truth that the apostle Paul was their apostle. They didn't preach the twelve. Now, by the way, this Thessalonica, come back to Acts. Just come back with me to Acts chapter 18. Just hold on, hold on to Thessalonians. If you look at your reference list, I tried to stay in Thessalonians. But look in Acts 17. Acts 17, sorry, not 18, 17. Look at verse 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. All right? So they're off in Berea, Thessalonica. Now, go back up if you look at verse 1. And when they had passed through and uh, and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. What's, what, what do the Jews believe? What are they looking for? They're looking for a kingdom, aren't they? They're looking for the Messiah. These are unbelieving Jews. They don't recognize the Lord as Messiah or any of that. They're over here in their religious snit. And what are they looking for? They're looking for a kingdom. And Paul goes into Thessalonica... All right, he opening, verse 3, opened, uh, verse 2, and Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the Scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered, risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few, but the Jews who, which believed not, moved with envy. So now come back to 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 6. When Paul's in Thessalonica preaching, now he doesn't just preach in the synagogue. He's also out amongst the, the Gentiles doing ministry. That's his, that's his goal. That's his focus. You don't read about that in Luke, I'm, I'm sorry, in Acts, 
because Luke doesn't care about that. Luke is writing Acts as an indictment against Israel for rejecting the Apostle Paul and the ministry given to Paul. But in 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 6, what did they do? And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. When he came in there, verse 5, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in the power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. When they come in there, they're in Thessalonica. He's preaching. There's an onslaught going on. There is, they've got, by the way, we didn't finish Acts 17. They go get the lewd men of the baser sort. They go get the gangsters. They get the mob, the five families. They get them to come down and deal with Paul. And when that didn't work, later on they go over there to the city and they try to get the magistrate to nail them. And they, put the, they turn the government on them. So when they received this word, what did they go preach then to everybody? From, from them sounded out the word in the Macedonia and so forth. What, what, Paul's our guy. We're not following Israel. We're not in Israel's program. We're not in a kingdom issue here. We're after the grace, the dispensation of the grace of God. And then, if you look down at verse 10, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Not only do they preach Paul's our apostle, but they preach the word rightly divided. They say, we're not a part of the wrath. We, we're, we're over here. We, we're, we're delivered from the wrath to come. So they don't just get up here and go, you know, we're in Sunday school. Everybody raise your hands. They don't do that. What do they do? They preach the word. They say, hey, here's what's happening today. Come on, By the way, come over to chapter 5. Chapter 5. Chapter 5 and verse 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Verse 9, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation from what? From wrath. By the way, appointed. Did you, you, have, an, you have a calendar and you put your appointments on there. You see, on God's calendar, there's a day marked when the, when the body of Christ is going to be delivered from the wrath to come. It's God's calendar, not mine. I wish it was mine. I, I could know. <laughs> Selling out, baby. Let's go have some fun. <laughs> we got three days, you know. <laughs> no, not at all, see. On God's calendar, he's got the date marked. The Father does. When he said, hey, I'm delivering them from the wrath. So what the Thessalonians do, the first issue of that local assembly, the local ministry, is to be a place that sounds out the truth, preaches the truth of, of the word rightly divided. By the way, 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians 2, I didn't look at it, verse 14. When Paul says to him, Whereunto he called you by our gospel. You see, they knew Paul was their apostle. They understood that. They knew they were not spiritual Israel. They knew that they were not, go back to 1 Thessalonians 1. They understood who they were. They understood 
what the truth was, where it was, and who was preaching it. And as, a, as the Thessalonians were assaulted, and they were, guess what they did? They stayed the course. They stayed with it. If you look down in chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians 2, look at verse 14. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us, and they please not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them to the uttermost. You see, they stayed the course. Verse 17, but ye, but we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, but I, Paul, even once and again, but but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. You see, they stayed the course. They stayed right on it. Chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow labor in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Verse 6. But now when Timotheus come from you unto us and brought us good tidings of your faith and charity... They had an offering for him. And that ye have good remembrance of us always, desiring greatly to see us, we as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our afflictions and distress by your faith. For now we live if ye stand fast in the Lord. Notice, here they are. They're out doing the work of the ministry. The onslaught is on them. And they didn't tuck tail and run. They stayed. They stay the course. They still are there. So one of the, early, one of the issues in a local ministry, one of the things you look for, they're going to preach the word rightly. They're going to preach the truth. And when the, tough get, when, the rough get, when the tough gets going, when the going gets tough, thank you, I get it, okay? Then what happens? We all go home, <laughs> all right? No, you, you stay the course. You keep plugging forward. Come over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. The second issue within the local ministry is that issue of, and it's really an internal ministry. It is the issue of bearing the burdens of its members, the issue of comforting one another, the issue of coming in and and as you look around and re. The comfort. Now, this is an internal ministry. I know we have an external reach through the Internet and YouTube and the streaming. This is not, that's the first one, preach the word. But this is an internal ministry. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3, the Apostle Paul lays this out. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all our tribulation 
I mean, you think about that. Verse 8, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. They got a sentence of death, verse 10. They're delivered from it, but there's trouble. Who's going to comfort you? Well, verse 3, the God of comfort, the Father of our Lord, the God of all comfort, verse 4, who comfort us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Now watch verse 6. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation, and our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. What Paul's talking about there is, is we have a pattern for bearing one another's burden, for helping each other, and it's in the Apostle Paul. So when we look at how Paul suffered and how he went through it and how he dealt with it and how he worked it out, then guess what? I can do the same and have the same results that Paul had. My grace is sufficient for thee. See, Paul understood that he was the pattern. He understood that he was going to be the pattern when it comes to suffering. And folks, in 2024, you and I are going to suffer. And we're going to suffer like we never suffered before. Now, whether it's true or not or happened, it's just that's the mindset. Because tomorrow, they could unplug the stock market. Tomorrow, they can. You don't, the guys in power can do it. They can come in tomorrow and say, your green dollar back is worth nothing. But it's worth nothing anyway. But it's worthless. We're going to come over here to the pink paper now. See? What are you going to do? See? There's some comfort then that comes in that says, you know what? Food and raiment therewith be content. How you doing? See? Well, I need my car. I need my truck. I need this. I need... No, you don't. You got to come out of that. There's comfort here. Come over with me to Romans 15. Where do I get my comfort? Well, you come together in the local assembly. We did this during COVID. The back cabinets in that quiet room back there were filled with food, canned food. We had a canned pantry. COVID hit. We gave three families that food, fed them for, for, for six months to nine months using that food in that back room back there. They couldn't get out. They were stuck. I come up, loaded in the truck, took it to them. They said, we're sick. You've got to stay there. I said, that's right. I'm staying right here. And blocks, boom, right in their driveway. I said, I'll see you online. They said, see you online. And, and there we go. And we did that. I did that for six, eight, nine months in 2020. That was supplied by you guys, the local assembly, when we did that. Now, we don't have that anymore. But that's what we're talking about, see. Coming along, but that's an internal ministry. This isn't us going and helping the homeless. It's here. Now, helping the homeless is good. I'm not saying that, but we fix here first, especially the household of faith. See? And then we can reach out. Romans 15. Look at verse 4. 
This is where the comfort comes from. Romans 15, verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Where does the power of the Holy Ghost work? The Holy Ghost strengthens your inner man, Ephesians 3 says. And when he strengthens, he renews your mind with the Scriptures, with the Word of God. And as he does that, he gives you power. He solidifies your hope. And if your hope is in something that is outside of the Word of God, rightly divided, you have no hope. You're destined to fail. You're destined to be frustrated. You're destined to be mad. And you're destined to quit. See, your hope rides right here in the Scriptures. And when you believe that, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says, the word of God effectually worketh in you that believe. And when you believe that, not just know it, but believe it, you know what happens? Yeah, things are going to get rough. But you know what? With food and raiment, I'll be content. What would ever happen? You know the old song, the Lee Greenwood song, if I lost everything, but just give, you know, okay. God bless the USA. What would happen if you lost everything? you got a place of comfort to come in and say, hey, I, we're hurting. Now, come over to Romans 12, because this is the other side of this equation. I'm not a mind reader. The members of the board, we don't read minds. Thank God is right. Thank God you don't read my mind. <laughs> it's a wicked thing sometimes. Yeah, I know. I know you say I'm like, that football game's on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Look at Romans 12. Look at verse, well, we'll just jump in there, verse 14. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. You know what that means? I got to be around you. You got to be around me. If I'm going to rejoice with you, then I need to know why you're rejoicing. If you're weeping, hurting, I need to know why. I can't do that through the Internet. I can't do that through an email. There has to be interaction. In Ephesians, we learn that the way you build a, a local assembly up is an internal. It's, it comes, starts inside and works out, Ephesians 4. See? It's the same thing here. The internal, internal here has to come from understanding the Scriptures understanding what it says about them, and what are we going to do when we come for comfort and for stability and for help? Here's the scriptures here that are going to guide that. Paul's our pattern. He does it every time. He goes in. I, I kid you not, man, you ought to take some time. Read Acts where Paul's activity and see what that guy, I'm impressed he slept. He's so active and so moving, and he's working and doing so much and he's never doing for himself. He's always doing for the guys with him and his entourage. Come back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Just notice here in the Thess in, with Thessalonica, they're under assault. First Thessalonians 3. They're, they're under assault. They, they're, they're getting hammered, if you will. 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do 
towards you. You see that abound in love? You ought to write down Philippians 1 verse 9 because that's the love he's talking about. It's not the the mushy-gushy, huggy-huggy-huggy, girlfriend, husband, wife stuff. It's the love, Philippians 1 verse number 9, that you may abound. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment that you may approve things that are excellent. It's talking about a mental attitude, spiritual discernment. We're talking about first hour. That ability to look at things and spiritually discern, yea, nay. That's what he's talking about, abounding in love. Where were they going to get the internal mechanism to help each other? It's going to come from a mental attitude of, we've got to help each other. Look down, at, look down chapter 4, verse 1. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. Paul says, you know what the grace of God has done? It has taught you how to walk towards each other. He's taught you Romans 1 through 16. It's taught you how to deal with each other. It's taught you how to have that inner ministry of of loving one another and comforting one another. And you ought to get on it. You ought to do it. Verse 9, but as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. Romans 12, verse number 9, he says, Concerning brotherly love, have it out there. Here's the deal. Here's what you're going to do. For you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Verse 10, and indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all of Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. You, You think you're doing good? Keep doing. Do more, baby. Do more. You know, you can do it. You see, there's an internal issue here of the word working. Come back up to chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, brethren, we were comforted over you in all our affliction and distress. How were they comforted? By your faith. You see, they weren't looking at the... Paul says, we're not looking at the material thing. That's what you need. We're looking at your faith. We're looking at your walk. Are are you operating in the scriptures correctly? The rightly divided... The, the grace life. And because you are, we're comforted. And you know what we see? We see the steadfastness of it. Every time I pull into the parking lot here, I look at this little building and I said, the little church that could is a little building. <laughs> Why? Steadfastness. We're walking. We're doing. We're participating. By the way, the internal bearing the burdens of its members, that it, this is not a sob story time. This is not a, woe is me. Now, that's what happens. That's what's going on. That's what we do. But this is, here's what the scripture says to re- remedy the discomfort. That's what we're going to do. We've helped people here over the years. We've been at this 25 years here now in 2024. we Okay, publicly, openly, we really started a year earlier, so we've been at it 25 years now. We've helped people over, and you know what? People, it's, hey, Rick, I, I can't pay my rent. Can you help me? Okay, do you have a job? Are you working? Yes, I'm working. I'm just, I just got behind. I had a car problem, blah, blah. Okay, we'll help you. What was the requirement of helping them? Did they have a job? Why? What does Scripture say? You don't work, you don't eat. 
It's not a handout. We're not a bank. Okay? We're not loaning you the money. We're going to help. So we help. We had other folks come in, say, hey, come in. We don't know them. Hey, do you help? No. Sorry. What? You don't help people? No, we don't. We don't know you. Who are you? We had some folks come in one time on baseline. It was a Sunday morning before church. We're, we're up, setting up. Coming. Guy comes up and goes, hey, I ran out of gas over here. Can you help? I'm like, dude, I don't have any cash. He goes, well, that's okay. I'll, you know, if you go with me in the debit card. And I'm like, no, dude. That means I got to go with, you know. And he's just a guy off the, oh, you're, you're insensitive. No. Discernment. Because two weeks earlier, a guy came up. I gave him $20, and he went and got in his car and drove off. <laughs> he didn't need gas. He just bumming the money. Discernment. Doesn't mean we don't help. We're going to ask some questions. Are you in? You know, we've had folks come in and say, hey, you know, health-wise, I need some help. Okay. Then we got some questions for you. And we do help. Why? It's an internal thing, see. But the folks that we help, we know. We're able to, Paul, we're able to do what Paul says here. Hey, you're steadfast. Your faith, we're, we're good. If you follow that, it's not just a, here's a blank check. Help yourself, you know. The third area, moving along. I didn't want you to think we don't help people because we do. It's just we're not going to, our resources are very limited. So we have to be pragmatic with it. The third area, come over to Acts 20. And I'll be honest with you, this is probably the bigger one. Uh, Well, not bigger than number one. (laughs) Acts chapter 20. The third area within the local assembly is the local assembly is to be a place of protection from false doctrine. If we are doing, number one, preaching the truth, if we're doing, number two, when it needs to be done, that internal, in, internal mechanism of being there for each other. By the way, men's fellowship is an internal being there for each other. The ladies' fellowship, same thing. Well, but you guys aren't studying. You don't have to study all the time to get, around, get the ladies together to have a good time. Because usually when you get the ladies together and having a good time, you know what breaks out? A study. See. Now, studying is wonderful and good. But just getting to know. Have you ever read Titus? And it says the older ladies are to teach the younger ladies how to. Do you know that that's not a Bible study? That's a life being lived on display. The reason I say that is because the Bible study will teach you the doctrine, but how do I take the doctrine and put it in life? How do I go work that? What does it look like to love my wife or to love my husband and to love my children for a You've got to think about that. It's not a, okay, turn over here, because you're going to do that. The verses we're going to be looking at is Titus 2, you know. But it's also a life that's being lived. So you older ladies have been around. You, you do more teaching by life than you ever do by having a formal Bible study. I, again, Bible study is not bad. I do it a lot. But it's a life. You've got to think about the internal ministry. 
process. It's ongoing. The third area is that place of protection from the false. If we're doing, number one and number two, if we're, doing, if we're preaching the word rightly divided, the Apostle Paul, the dispensation of grace, the grace life, the things that that entails, we're providing internal ministry to our folks, the folks that come to this local ministry, then we will be attacked. The attack does come. By the way, you, you, I protect you all from the attack. I get it all the time. If I read you emails that I get from people, you would go, huh? And Okay, I'm not going to do that. But Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul tells us this is going to happen. By the way, if he tells you it's going to happen, then you shouldn't be shocked when it happens. <laughs> Look at Acts 20, verse 28. He's at, Ephes- he's at Melita. He's got the Ephesians elders there. They're talk- they're- he's exhorting them. Verse 28, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. What are, feed the church. Preach the word. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after themselves. Isn't that interesting? You're doing number one. You're preaching the word. You're out there. You got the, you, you know, you got the one anothering going on. You're doing everything. And you know what somebody does? They begin to attack. Rick Jordan down there at Southwest Bible, they're unloving people. They don't love anybody. Well, why would you say that? Well, they wouldn't help me with my rent. Well, where do you live? Chicago. This guy was from California. Tried to change the name so it wouldn't hurt. Keep the guilty guilty. Really? Yeah, he's a dirty, rotten so-and-so. Four-page email. I wrote him back. Dude, you are not a part of our local assembly. Love you in Christ. He doesn't come here. If I said his name, none of you would know him. So why would I put that burden on? Well, he's a member of the body of Christ. True, but he's not a member of this local body. Follow that? Also from within, we've had folks here, leave here, go down the road, open up another, a new shack, a new shingle out, and I'm a dirty, rotten so-and-so. Now, they're not around anymore, but I'm the dirty guy. We are the dirty, rotten so-and-sos. Really? It's amazing. Paul said the attack's coming. So, come back to 2 Thessalonians 2. You shouldn't be surprised when the attack comes. I'm not. Now, again, I grew up in my dad's house, and if you know who my dad is, he was attacked from day one, and I understand how to handle that and what's happening and the, and the why. It, it's amazing. Well, anyway, I'm, we got to go. Second uh, Thessalonians 2. Just Now, look at Thessalonica here. Second Thessalonians 2. Just look at verse 1. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together 
unto him. Boy, what a way to describe the rapture. That's really the, the official title. It's not rapture, it's the, our gathering together unto him. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us that the day of Christ is at hand. So what has happened at Thessalonica? They got a letter written to them that's describing the day of the Lord, not the day of Christ, the day of the Lord. Paul's name is signed at the bottom. And at the top, instead of saying day of the Lord, it says day of Christ. And what did it do to them? It shook them up. The onslaught, the attack. It shook them. It shook them to their very core of beginning to doubt that, they, that the rapture was really pre-trib. They thought they were going to have to go through the, the stuff of the day of the Lord. It shook them. It shook them so that he tells them back in chapter 5. Oh, where did it go? About their faith. Chapter, chapter, no, chapter 3, verse 10. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might, I'm, I'm in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 10, I'm sorry. Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your face and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. They were onslaughted by a letter signed over by, and chapter 5, verse 1, they understand perfectly about the day of the Lord. They understood the day of the Lord, the rapture, the 70th week of Daniel. They understood it perfectly, by the way. And yet, what had happened? The attack comes from outside with a letter that supposedly was written by Paul that describes the events of the adversary, that described the events of the, of the day of the Lord, described the events of the 70th week, and they said, that's what you're going to go through before the rapture. They attacked the pre-trib rapture position. It shook them. So what does Paul do? Go back to 2 Thessalonians 2. What does he do? Well, he, verse 3 down through verse 12, reminds them of what's really, what's what. Now look at verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks all the way to God for you, Brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. Salvation from what? In the context, from the day of the Lord. From the, in the context, the salvation from the very beginning of the dispensation of grace, from the very beginning of everything that was given to Paul, what was the end goal for the body of Christ? To be delivered from the wrath to come. Paul says, remember that. Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the, the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Hold, hold on to what you've been taught. Don't let a letter supposedly written by me move you 
as it was doing. Now our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 16, Himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and work. Chapter 3, verse 1, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may be, have free course and be glorified even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. He's talking about the guys writing the letter in 2-2. They're what? They're wicked. And you're to be delivered from them. So much so, down at the end of this chapter, verse 14, he says, And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. (laughs) Verse 12. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. (laughs) I love that. He's just nailing them. They need to go on and figure something out before coming and bothering you. Now come over to 2 Corinthians 4. We got five minutes to finish up. You see, folks, the local, our ministry here, one, we will sound out the word, rightly divided, the truth. Number two, we will be, we are, a internal ministry driven. A place to bear one another's burdens, bear one another's what's need to be. And we will be and we are a place of protection. If you surf the internet land, I wish you wouldn't, but I know you do. You will run across people that used to be grace preachers that are now over here and preaching nonsense. You know what happens? A little leaven, a little bit of that is going to mess up you. And a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Best just to stay away from it. Well, we need to know what they, you, do you really? I had a guy call me the other day. He goes, hey, did you hear what so-and-so said? I go, nope. They go, really? You're not? I go, nope. Well, do you want to know? Nope. I don't have time for it. See, you don't have time for it. Well, what do you think they ought to be happen to them? I said, I think you ought to just shut them off, unplug them, hit the X button up in the right-hand corner. You don't need it. Yeah, but he's such a good guy. Yeah, but he's not a good guy now. You just told me that. Turn him off. See. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1 and verse 2. This, this is our ministry verse here. We'll talk more about the, some of this next week. I therefore seeing we have therefore seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy we what? We faint not. Let us not faint. <laughs> as Mesa High's fight song is, let's carry on. Let's not faint. We're we're an ambassador. By the way, we all have ministry. We're ambassadors for Christ. All of us are. I'm talking about this ministry. Let's not faint. Let's carry on. No quit. Every day, every Sunday morning, I pull in the parking lot. I sit here. I usually sometimes will tell Linda or I'll think it in my head. I hope somebody comes today. But if not, we're here. And we'll do what we do. Wednesday night, I sit here. I'm getting ready, getting at the door. Eh, somebody comes tonight, I hope. <laughs> if not, we're here. We do what we do. There's been many a times when nobody showed up. But there's no quit. We don't quit. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about attendance. I'm just talking about fortitude, st- steadfastness, no quit. Verse 2, 
but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Now that's a load, because that is a description of modern day Christianity. They handle, they, they have they have not renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Paul tells us to be honest with all men. You know what dishonesty is? It's just that. It's a con game to get you in the door to then get into your pocketbook. You notice today I didn't say the offering box is in the back. I shouldn't have to say that all the time. I know I do and so forth. You ought, it ought to be a part of your thought process. It should be. What is dishonesty? Dishonesty is having a bus ministry, and you're telling the kids that if you come on the bus today, we'll feed you hot dogs after church this morning. That's dishonest. You know why? Because why is that kid getting on that bus? Get the hot dog. That's craftiness. See, if we're doing number one, number two, number three, we're preaching the word, the internal ministry is going on. By the way, if the internal ministry is going on, having the hot dogs is a secret bonus that nobody knows about until when? After the morning service, we got hot dogs. Go help, help yourself. See, it's not about having a hot dog. It's to use, how do you, if we're doing that place of protection, then you know what? We, being honest, is the only way we will be able to be. Craftiness. Not a salesman, not a con job, not, dis, not, not deceiving anyone. Listen, folks, there's a reason why on our website we don't hide from using a King James Bible. We've had folks come here. They come because we use a King James Bible. Then they get understanding dispensationalism. They don't like that. Then they leave. That's on them. Okay? That's their business. I, I can't stop that. But you know why? Because I've always said from day one that when people come here, guess what they're going to know? We use a King James Bible. They're not surprised. Craftiness is, I'm surprised all of a sudden. There's a reason why on the website we talk about the word rightly divided and dispensational Bible study. Why? Because I want you to know, I want people to know that's, they're going to come here, they're going to get the truth. Handling the word. That's not changing the text. That's in chapter 2. Handling the word dishonestly. That's taking the word and making it say something it's not saying. That's taking Matthew 28 and saying that's what we should be doing today. That's taking Mark 16 saying that's what we should be doing today. But look, if we're rightly dividing the word, we would never say that, would we? You follow that? But... By manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to commend the truth. We're going to teach the word, and we're going to let the word, the truth of God's word, be the issue. Not personalities, not attendance, not the offering box. But the issue is the teaching of the truth. And if that's the thing we're doing then everything else falls right into its place. That's why these two verses are our ministry verse here, especially verse 2. Now, if you come back to chapter 1, verse 24, here's my verse. Here's the verse that helps me when I think about you and the ministry. Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy, for by faith ye stand. 
You know what I look at when I view you guys, when I look and I think about you guys, you know what I think about being a helper of your joy? I don't want to run your life. I have a hard time keeping mine in order. But I do want you to know that I'm here to help you and to be a helper of your joy. And in doing that, where are we going to start? Sound doctrine, word of God rightly divided. Get the verses in, get what's going on, and then we'll massage it in. Now, one more verse, 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. You see, folks, when you think about ministry, you think about, I think about 2024, 2024, and this local ministry. I can't worry about Chicago or California or Michigan or Florida or Tennessee or Kentucky. That's not my area of rule, authority. I think about us here. My job is to make sure we're staying the course. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, Paul gives the, the order of the local assembly. He starts with the bishops there. Uh, if a man desire the office of a bishop, then if you look down at verse 8, likewise must the deacons, so we've got leadership. Those are the two roles that are laid out for the men in the assembly. There are roles for the women in the assembly. He gets to those. But then in verse 14, he says, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. This is what we have. This is who we are. This is what we are here in this local ministry. When we come together in the house of God, now he's not talking, he's talking about the building that we're sitting in because who's sitting in this building? The church, you so when we come together, see how he calls this the house of God? But then he says what? Which is the church of the living God. That, then he moves out of the building and he moved where? Right to the people. So when the local church comes together, if you think about it like that, what are we doing? We're the church of the living God, aren't we? Now, whether we're here at this location or we're sitting over here in the park, the church at the park, Okay. Church at the movie theater. That'd be kind of cool, huh? Have a big movie theater. As long as they're showing Batman, we're good. Okay? See, the church, then what are we? We're the pillar and ground of the, of the what? Of the truth. The pillar. We're holding up the truth for all to see, to hear, and to know where it is at. If our community around us wants to know where the truth is, where do they look to? It ought to be us. We ought to be holding it up. The truth's right here. Truth, truth, truth. You know, we'll send up the bad signal. Truth right here. The ground. That's where the pillar, that's what's holding the pillar up. What holds up the pillar? What's holding up the sound? Do what's holding up the truth? The sound doctrine is the issue. Rightly dividing the word of truth. This keeps the ground. Listen, if we stay in the realms of keep rightly dividing the word of truth, sound doctrine, and keep those the issues, you know what we do? We keep the ground taken care of under that pillar. 
you see the uh, big signs along the freeway, the billboards. Have you ever looked at the bottom of them? They're usually pretty clean. Not a lot of trash, not a lot of garbage. They've been taken care of. Why? Because the guy that owns it wants that pillar to be what? Up for a while. Keep it clean. Keep it clear. You know what we're going to do? We're going to clear away all the false doctrine, the bad doctrine. And what are we holding up? Truth. The truth of God's word rightly divided. You see, folks, when we, when we are the house of God, when we are the living, the church of the living God, it's when we do this formula. When we're preaching the word, when we have the internal ministry going on for each other, with each other, the one anothering, when we have that protecting protection element that's in the leadership realm, and then when we're sitting along here, truth is right here. Here's where the truth is. Here's where the King James Bible is. Here's where the doctrine is. You know what happens? Then we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And we're doing what God would have us to do as ambassadors and as members of the local church. So in 2024, if things get a little rough, you have, a, you have an outlet. And it may be a simple conversation, and that's all, that's, it's okay. But it's going to be grounded in the truth. We shouldn't faint. We should just carry on and do. We got our house full of kids next door. That's the future. That's who we're doing it for. We're also doing it for who we are in Christ. Okay? All right. Dear Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the instructions. And, Lord, I just thank you for the folks here, a part of this local ministry, as we do these things and as we think about them and as we put them in front of us, that we're doing so for your honor and for your glory, and that we might walk worthy of you in all that we do. In your name we pray. Amen. All right.